Welcome to Dean's Discuss, a podcast that examines how science and research at UC Davis affect our everyday lives. Join our hosts, Allison Brashear, Dean of the UC Davis School of Medicine, and Michael Lairmore, Dean of the UC Davis School of Veterinary Medicine, as they give their thoughts on how the work of scientists, physicians, and researchers affects us all. Hi, Michael. Hey, hi there, Allison. So today, Michael, I think we're going to talk about the interaction between uh, human health and animal health. And um, we really want to talk about where these pandemics come from. I know that the School of Veterinary Medicine has um, a wonderful experience. Can you tell us more about where these pandemics come from? Yeah, I think this uh, has brought a, a, a lot of people uh, with that question, you know, is that how did we get here? Where are the where are the sources of this infection that is spread worldwide? And I think uh, a lot of people may know this, but uh, about 60 to 70% of emerging human diseases, uh, those that are unexpected or expected or known, uh, that come, uh, they come from animal sources. And you know, that, that, that source is not without factors that, that caused it to, to come forth. Uh, a lot of times it's us, um, it's humans uh, that have disrupted the environment of these animals in their own natural niches and um, deforestation, for example. So that's, you know, that's really an interesting thing to, for people to come in mind is that we're actually disrupting their environment and causing the release of the Pandora's box. So I just have to jump in there because I, how does it jump? Uh, so, you know, we deforest uh, and the animals are loose. Um, I will tell you, I had a skunk in my backyard. I almost had to call you. Um, never in my wildest dreams would I see that in uh, North Carolina. Um, the deforestation, then how do the viruses jump from the animals to humans to get us in this mess we're in now? Yeah, that's a great question. And, and a lot of people ask that. One of the reasons is that, you know, when you disrupt their environment, they have to go somewhere. Uh, mm. For example, if they're flying fox bats, for example, you know, you disrupt their forest, they fly someplace else and they're going to fly where their natural niches are, or they're going to adapt. Uh, some of those animals, such as skunks, uh, have adapted to urban environment. So they adapt to us. Coyotes, for example, are a good example that come into our environment. So when we disrupt their environment, they come and find new environments and try to exist, or they become extinct. And that's a, the natural way of the world. We need to pay more attention to that because as you, we've seen from Ebola to a lot of other infections, including the, the recent coronavirus infection, uh, they can spread. And we are essentially naive uh, to a lot of their, their pathogens uh, as hosts. And then we get infected uh, and then we spread it. And once a, a, an organism, a microorganism becomes adaptable, it then can spread into a, a naive niche, which is us. Uh, and so we have to pay attention to that, both for the biodiversity and the importance of that, but also for our own health. So, so um, let me just get this straight. So it's really not like um, we have to eat the animal or, you know, have the animal like, you know, help me. I wouldn't bring the skunk into my house, but but it's because 
they were next to each other, were sharing that environment, that air, if you will, that space that we wouldn't have done otherwise. You know, that's really uh, an important point because I think some people think that, you know, it came from eating the animal, but I think it's really because we've changed their environment. So we've squeezed them so they have no place to go but into our environment, which I think is really um, so uh, important as we think about the ways to change things. You know, one of the things I'm really excited about and one of the things that helped me um, uh, really get my head around this pandemic is the importance of teamwork. And I know in the School of Veterinary Medicine, you you guys have been looking at this for a long time. You found uh, a thousand viruses or tell me a little bit more about that teamwork that uh, preceded this work with the pandemic. Yeah, one of the things that uh, you know we do and, and often with your colleagues in the School of Medicine um, in these teams is uh, apply to federal grants. One of them was the PREDICT grant. And the PREDICT grant, as the name implies, the, the PREDICT is, is based upon the ability to go into those interfaces, into the jungles, and survey that and prioritize those animals that might carry uh, known infections, such as bats, for example, and monkeys and uh, other species, but it could be domestic animals as well, and, and survey them and, and ask the question, do they carry uh, those pathogens that we know about? So they went all over the world. They were in 30, over 30 countries uh, for over a decade and they cataloged and, and was able to characterize a lot of different viruses, as you mentioned, many of these to build up capacity in those countries as well, laboratories, uh, diagnostic laboratories. And they formed the basis for those countries to now respond to COVID. They're one of the first in those countries to respond to COVID because they knew about the pathogens was able to stand up diagnostic tests really rapidly. So that PREDICT program was fundamental, but it also showed a pattern that is now being continued. So let me reframe this a little bit. So the problem really is that we are now sharing our living space with animals that may have viruses that we've never been exposed to, which is a serious health concern for us and of course to the animals. Um, the solution is to get ahead of the game, to have teams like the amazing PREDICT team to go out and know what viruses are out there in the animal world and then begin to study them um, ahead of a pandemic uh, and make sure that we know what we're dealing with. Um, of course, the other is not to invade the animal space, but that's a bigger, bigger issue about climate change and how we, we live with the environment. So it sounds to me like um, there's a lot of benefits to this, that if we get ahead and we understand the animal world, there's a lot of benefits to the human world, both with potential treatments as well as prevention. Tell me a little bit about that. You know, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, it takes multiple uh, disciplines, but uh, you know, that's the, the source of creativity. Multiple yeah, different yeah. disciplines, physicians, veterinarians, uh, biologists. Um, in fact, sometimes we even involve engineers um, and, and people that, that understand how water travels under the ground and on top of the ground. You know, uh, these all come together to solve a, in a community-based solution fashion. And that is really one of the, the values of this One Health approach. And, and also to train 
those that we're involved in is help them train in a way of thinking. And we call this a, a One Health workforce. And we have a large grant to train people in these countries uh, of One Health workforce uh, workers. And what they do is they, they think in terms of teams. Uh, so when they go into a community that has a problem, they're, they're thinking, what is the overall factors that are involved in that problem? It could be animals, it could be water. Um, and as you know, as a physician, um, when you're thinking more holistically about the community, you tend to have the more creative solutions. Absolutely. So, you know, the solution, I think, is uh, cross-disciplinary collaboration, teamwork, identifying the problem early and really becoming uh, really engaged. Um, and, you know, isn't that what it's all about in medicine and health and veterinary medicine? It's just about that teamwork, identifying the problem, putting the team together. You know, um, I think the benefits are gonna be extraordinary. Um, the benefits to the One Health program have already um, paid multiple, multiple dividends. And uh, I credit uh, that for us being ahead of the curve. And certainly I know here at UC Davis, uh, everything that was known about virology in the veterinary school helped us immensely to stand up our human test with about 14 days. So there was a direct payoff, a direct benefit to the PREDICT program to the health of our community here in Sacramento. Um, it's really been incredible to see how these things overlap between our two schools and really the broader mission of all of UC Davis. Yeah, it was really impressive how you, you, you were able to rally everybody together when that first patient <laughs> Uh, came to Northern California. That was a fantastic story. And you, you really, I think, immediately when you came into your job, recognized that about our campus. And that was uh, wonderful to see. So part of that solution, of course, is to think about what are the new teams, but also the new tools. So one of the new tools, of course, is predictive models. And epidemiologists, those that really study patterns within everything from weather patterns to uh, animal trafficking patterns to how people buy things in stores. These are all predictive models and using artificial intelligence and epidemiological modeling is really the next phase. And we're very happy uh, about two weeks ago, there was announced a new NIH grant to the Epi D Disease Dynamics Center. And Christine Kreuter Johnson, who will be on your town hall uh, coming up in October, We'll talk about that. And that's part of that solution-oriented approach is now how do we use tools to predict and prevent future pandemics? And you can get ahead of the game if you model and, and, and take a, advantage of all that data. It does require a lot of sharing. Uh, it does require a lot of uh, understanding that we do need multiple heads to put our, our, our heads towards a, a solution. Uh, but, you know, I think that we have that on this campus. And I'm that's one of the reasons I came here as well um, about 10 years ago, because I was so impressed with that ability to work across disciplines. I see it everywhere I go on campus. This has been a great conversation, Michael. We've talked about the problem, which is getting ahead of the next pandemic, the solutions, which are you know, basically team-based science and modeling and using predictive analytics. And you know, the benefit is um, really to both animal and humankind. And uh, just as another example of why UC Davis is just such a unique place, uh, 
for innovation. It's just been so good to talk to you today, Michael. I'm so appreciative of everything that we've been able to build as colleagues. And you too, Allison. And it's great to, to be able to recruit you to our campus and have you as a leader in medicine and a partner in this One Health approach. Thank you so much, Michael. Thanks, take care, Allison. Like what you heard or have an idea for a future episode? Email the deans with your suggestions at deansdiscuss at ucdavis.edu. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Deans Discuss Podcasts is available free on demand at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon's TuneIn, Stitcher, Pandora, and Spotify. This is Deans Discuss.